everybody. Welcome to this month's episode of Talking Disney. And we are talking about the animated classic Pinocchio. This is from 1940. It is the second film from Walt Disney Animated Studios. And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford is here. Hi. Yes, it's so fun that we haven't uh, we have haven't had to do many of these, or I guess they've been pretty spaced out. These they classic have golden been era spaced out, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we we did do Dumbo, but it was last year, and right. we did it's Snow White like, at the beginning know, of the year, decades ago. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> and uh, so I've been excited to talk about Pinocchio, and and it's interesting because it's such a different experience watching these films for the podcast than it is just a casual viewing. And I really enjoyed it in this, in, in, in taking notes and really thinking about the artistry and really thinking about the kind of thinking about on that level, because it's not one that I grew up loving. I have to say about Pinocchio. I, it was too scary for me as a kid and it's one that I've had to kind of grow to appreciate and love as an adult. And I do love it now, but, uh, but especially we'll talk about the donkey scene, but that was terrifying to oh. me as a child. Hey, hello. You know, I mean, you know, you know who you're talking with, the, you know, <laughs> the biggest wuss, you know, movie wuss ever. I, I'm with you. Pinocchio was always it was a combination for me. It was kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Um, there was so much of it that I loved to watch as a kid, and then you know when the monkeys show up in the Wizard of Oz, and then in this one, yeah, I mean, I think Stromboli actually is pretty scary, yes. and then and then uh, oh, then that, that whole Pleasure Island sequence, forget about it, terrifying. <laughs> well, and even yeah. even Monstro, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't necessarily remember this. My my mother tells me this story that. Uh, or told me this story that when I was young and they took me to Disneyland, I think that I went for the first time when I was five years old. Um, mm-hmm. I refused to go on that storybook land ride because you had to go through Monstro the Whale's <laughs> mouth, you know? And I'm just like, no, yeah. there's no way. I was terrified. And finally, you know, I mean, in a loving way, they made me do it. And then, of course, I loved it, you know, just because as they knew I would, you know, if I, just to get through that. But anyway, terrifying. Yeah. You know, terrifying. <laughs> I agree. I, 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 th- I don't remember what I thought of the rides at Disneyland, but uh, the yeah, the pretty much every part scared me, but especially Pleasure Island really oh, scared Pleasure me. Pleasure Island, oh my stars! And even <laughs> even this rewatch, it's like yeah, no wonder I was scared. I mean, it is it's terrifying. Yeah, it's, it is terrifying. Yeah. And I just think, so they're making a live action version of Pinocchio. Ugh. And I'm just thinking, how can they do that? I, I, I've never seen any other versions. There's a version with Martin Landau. Yeah. Like and I think I'm going isn't there one with Drew Carey? Isn't there, or am I making that up? Isn't the only there... other version I guess I've seen is on Once Upon a Time. They have Pinocchio, Pinocchio okay. as a character uh, in Once Upon a Time from the early seasons. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think, how do you do that and make it? It's going to be terrible. Yeah, and you know, it's it, this is not a you know not from Disney Studios, but Roberto Benigni has got yeah. that new version of Pinocchio 
Is that that's, a new version or is it a recut of his original film? Oh, I have that's no a idea. Good, that's a, you know what, Rachel? That's a good question. I don't know. I just know that it's, I think, playing in select theaters. I'm not sure if it's in our market. Yeah, maybe it yeah. is. One of my friends on Facebook, she saw it and she was like, that was a weird experience. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. But it's definitely one that has had to grow on me over time. And I, I've always it's always been beautiful the artistry is incredible uh, and the music uh, and uh, it has some really good things about it but it's one that's had to had to grow with me over time with is pinocchio yeah and so it starts with jiminy cricket narrating and then singing when you wish upon a star which you know clearly the classic disney song you know, or, or one of them, if not, yeah. like in the top three, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically the theme song for Disney. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's the song that plays, at the, you know, the title card for their films. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's it's, it's mm-hmm. the classic. Yeah, and it's Lee Harline and Paul J. Smith who did the music. They won an Oscar for the song. Uh, and... Uh, best no it was best original score sorry that they won the oscar for and uh when you wish upon a star uh it was a major hit hit record at the time and it basically became the theme song for walt disney the walt disney company and i love um so cliff edwards is and i'm saying that right isn't he the the voice of jiminy cricket i mm-hmm. think his interpretation of it is so beautiful too. Mm-hmm. I really was noticing that this this time around me too. that me too. How beautiful! How beautiful he sings! You know, how beautifully it's he so sings! It's so pure. It doesn't oh, it try is. like now. It would they probably have like Ariana Grande doing her being like, "What are you doing? all these flourishes and all this <laughs> overproduction stuff?" You know, or this yeah. was just, this was just really just at its essence, you know. <laughs> Just this straight. is just a, a normal person with a nice voice, yeah, singing, a singing in a very heartfelt way. And that's my favorite kind of singing. Yeah, yeah. is uh, is just really pure singing, uh, and I yeah I love this song. This is my favorite Disney song. When you wish upon a star, yeah, it's 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 probably mine too, or said or at least top top two or top three, you know for sure. And when. When I, I found as I've gotten older, I don't know if you have felt this, but that I feel like I just gravitate more and more and more to messages of hope. Yeah. And I think that that's what this song is all about. Oh, it's so, you know, I've heard all these things about Walt Disney, of course, over the years. And one of the things that's, that's, that's prevalent, but particularly from people that had worked with him, like I heard, I heard Mary Costa say this. I was at a, it was at a D23 thing, and Mary Costa, who you know is the voice of Sleeping Beauty, yeah. was talking about her experience working with Walt Disney, or she called him Mr. Disney. <laughs> but yeah. she was saying he he did not have a cynical bone in his body. He was an optimist. And yeah. and uh I think that that shows in this song, you know, and of course in many other ways, but I always think about that. Uh when I hear this song too, just about yeah. what, a, what, a, what an optimist, uh, well, Disney was. And I think that, you know, he, he, he believed, uh, what the song is saying. 
Yeah, and I love that this song, It when it starts out, it doesn't have anything to do with the plot, really. No. Or anything. <laughs> and whereas you think of most of our opening numbers in musicals are somehow sort of plot derivative. They don't just take a second to just stop and sort of sing a song. Yeah. And, you know, it says, when you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star as dreamers do. And this fate is kind. She brings to those who love the sweet fulfillment of their secret longing. Like a bolt out of the blue, fate steps in and sees you through. When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. And, you know, some people say that obviously everything that you wish for isn't going to come true. But it's about the having hope for goodness in your life and that everything will work out in the end and that there's a greater that he calls it fate in this, but I think it's a greater vision for what you, uh, you can, you know, you can, you can accomplish in your life. And uh, I think Lee Harline, the, uh, that, uh lee harline he is actually the uncle of one of my friends <laughs> the great uncle oh, really? of of yeah oh, i actually I, yeah i actually asked her if she wanted to come on uh on the podcast she couldn't but uh but yeah that uh that uh, i don't know if he has connections to utah or just i don't i, I probably cut this out but I, I i he might be mormon maybe Oh, interesting. The yarline. Um, and, uh, but anyway, there's definitely a hopeful. Yeah, you know, he was born in Salt Lake City. Yeah, so I was right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, and they joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day yeah. Saints. And, uh, yeah. So there you go. And uh, so there you can kind of feel that belief in a creator and the hope in the song, I think. One other thing, and of course we can cut this, but he he studied piano and organ with Jay Spencer Cornwall, who was uh, a conductor of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. And then he he moved to he moved to California in the twenties, um, and worked at radio stations in San Francisco and Los Angeles, mm. and then got hired by Walt Disney. Yeah. Where he did a bunch of silly symphonies and and uh, and then you know. Pinocchio. He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. And so what do you think of Jiminy Cricket as our sort of our sidekick in you this? You know, I like Jiminy Cricket as both the sidekick and the narrator. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I've always found him very appealing. I think part of it is this, I think that the way he, his, his character design is so appealing. That's something that I always gravitated to as a kid. I believe it was Ward Kimball. Who, who was the supervising animator on Jiminy Cricket? I hope I'm not wrong on that. I might be, but uh, but uh, he just has such an appealing design. I think Cliff Edwards' voice is so good, and I just like you know. I think just over time, how he's used Jiminy Cricket's used a lot. It's one of the it's one of the few things I like about uh, Fun and Fancy Free. Is how uh, you know <laughs> Jiminy Cricket <Yeah>. shows up. <laughs> I mean, it's random. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you remember, if you've seen some of these, uh, it's, I could have, and I don't know how, I think, I can't remember if this is stuff that I got, I got to see at home or if some of it they showed when I was in elementary school, but Disney did these element, these educational films and Jiminy Cricket was the star there. And, and, and his song was, I'm no fool. And oh. I should try, I should find some of these on YouTube and try to find it. Oh, were those here. like the sing-along videos? Well, they could have put some of them on sing-along, but they were honestly, but as I recall, they were like safety videos, like oh. how to be safe with electricity or how to be safe <laughs> with different things. Um, anyway, but Jimmy yeah. Cricket, it's all, you know, yes, 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 and yes. I think Jimmy Cricket's great. What's your, what do you think about him? Yeah, I think that he's cute. I have no problems with Jiminy. And uh, he makes for a fun narrator. They, you know, they start with him being kind of a um, tramp almost type of character. Well, no, it's just interesting. Yeah, it's like a tramp kind of, yeah. Down and out in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's interesting that they have Geppetto being, in many ways, a very uh, maternal character that you typically wouldn't see. I feel like even in the father characters that we have in, in movies like Beauty and the Beast or, you know, things like that, that it, they're not quite in the same way that that Geppetto is, where he's a single man and yet he is so, so wants a child and he uh, and he's such a nurturer. And I feel like that that's unusual even today it, to, to have that kind of male character in a film. It is unusual, isn't it? Because I think he'd get, I think today he'd get portrayed when there would be something kind of sinister about him or something, you know, shadowy. Whereas in this case, yeah, he's just, he just, he's this single man, but he's, uh-huh. he's just this s- sweet, pure intent, you know, with well intentioned. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and he's, and he lives in like the most charming space ever. I mean, all those clocks. I just love that. I do like so when so much, you know. Yeah, I I do like when Jiminy's like, "Be quiet." I do too. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so fun. Um, yeah. Have Have you ever read the book that this no. is based on? Oh, see, I've never no. read. I've never read the book, and 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 I think one of these years I just need to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know how I, I lived in Italy for a while. I was uh, I was a missionary. Yeah. For 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 the for the uh, the church there in Italy as, as a, as a, a college age student and, or just college age, you know, person. Yeah. Um, but uh, I lived in Florence for a while and I'm not sure if that's where the book originated, but they all over Florence. I mean, Florence is a very tourist driven place, but they have these wonderful little Pinocchio dolls um, in all shapes, all shapes and sizes but it's a pretty class. There's a pretty classic look to them. It's not; they don't look at all like, you know, the Disney version. But still, uh, you know, I, I have some. I like. I thought. I think that they're that they're, they're they're cool. And again, it's just like one of those. Come on, Stan. You should read this book. You know, <laughs> read this book. <laughs> have you ever read it? I never have. I never read it. Uh, but I've heard that it is a lot darker. Dark. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's by Carlo Col- Collodi. Yeah. From uh, 1883. 
the novel. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Then they went back to, uh, to try to adapt it. And they added the, uh, the talking cricket. Yeah. Um, and, and Colody, I'm just reading Rachel. He, he's from the Tuscany region of Italy where Florence is. So that's, I think why, you know, there's a lot of Pinocchio mm-hmm. stuff in Florence. Anyway, sorry. If I did, yeah, I no. And I think that, that this story, I think you appreciate it a lot more if you look at it in the, in the terms of like a, like a fable or a morality play. Yeah. Which was something that they did a lot in the, at the turn of the century, these morality plays. And and you see them with also with operas like Wagner and some of the other, these operas where there was the Masons would do them a lot. Morality plays. They were just very simple stories about right and wrong and trying to teach, you know, children to make good choices. And, and uh, so I think that that's, kind of what this is trying to do uh that it's pretty pretty simple it's all about trying to teach pinocchio not to lie right you know not to lie to to uh be good to others you know to uh put other people first in a way you know right to be unselfish uh yeah the the, the, the things that the blue fairy tells him the yes how he has to prove himself right yeah, and I like the blue fairy a lot. Brave, truthful, and unselfish, I think, are the three things, Rachel, that she uh, mm-hmm. says he has to prove himself. Right. That's yes. right. Yeah. And uh, and so, and she says, you must learn to choose between right and wrong. And again, if we think about morality plays, that uh, that you know, a lot of them would be about about simple, you know, Bible stories, Adam and Eve about uh noah uh the simple story is between right and wrong are you yeah. going to follow or are you not going to follow what are you going to do and uh it's kind of interesting when you think about that um mark twain movie that we saw you know with the whole adam and eve it's kind yeah. of a similar sort of idea it is a similar absolutely yeah <laughs> and, and uh, so jiminy is his conscience and uh and when he is made the conscious by conscience by the blue fairy, that's when his clothes are changed to out of the tramp clothes. Um, right. And then maybe we'll get a badge at the he, end. He gets his, yeah, kind of a spiffy suit and, 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 a, and, a, and a new, new hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he sings, give a little whistle. Uh, Jiminy does. And that's cute. You know. They like the whistle songs back then. Yeah, that's exactly. It's such a cute. It is really a cute. It's really a cute number. Um, second song, second movie in a row to have a whistle song. Yeah, that's a whistle song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. I mean, I always just think it's so incredible that Disney that these first five films that he made that they were all so different and so bold. Because it would have been very easy to have just made a whole bunch of Snow Whites in a row oh, after that one was such a big hit. Absolutely. And just come up with fairy tale stories. And he but just then, wasn't going to repeat himself in that yeah. way. But then he he comes out with Pinocchio. Could you think of a more different movie uh, to Snow White than Pinocchio? I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's, it's really true. Mm-hmm. It's It's really true. Yeah. Yeah, and then Fantasia, so different. Yeah. And then 
uh, and then Dumbo and Dumbo then Bambi. And Bambi. I mean, just so, so opposite. Yeah, so different. And I just admire that so much that too. he did not take the easy path as far as uh, as a businessman that he really pushed for more creativity. I really admire that. And and then uh, I got to tell you, Rachel, this first, you know, and I, I don't know if it's like the first 20 minutes. I, in fact, I meant to really look at the time, but I was also, I got wrapped up because again, I, you know, really was enjoying what rewatching this film, but that first 20 minutes of Pinocchio, I mean, honestly, that what's, what's cuter or more charming. Yeah. Than I, that, that's why know? I wrote, I said, Pinocchio is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so the cute. opening is like, no, and I, I just think as a kid, no wonder I love this portion of it mm-hmm. and then you know the horror and, that comes in <laughs> and he's a totally innocent character yeah. he that's why he has to be taught to do between right and wrong i mean he he burns his his finger in the fire and uh because he doesn't understand he doesn't he, understand he's, yeah he's just naive. yeah yeah uh and i also do think it's very strange in this movie that you have an anthropomorphic cat in Gideon, and then you have the regular cat in Figaro. So in this world, they are both happening yeah, at the same they're time. Both. It is kind of weird, isn't it? Because <laughs> Figaro the cat, and I'm not a cat person, but that yeah. is, I mean, I just think, man, if I could have Figaro the cat, yes, please. I mean, he's yeah. just so adorable. So- and even Cleo, I just love this. I love I love Cleo the fish. She's reminiscent to uh, to me of the some of those fish that were drawn in the Nutcracker Suite in Fan, in, in Fantasia. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, you know, uh, kind of those their 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 fins is a veil, you know, mm. almost. But um, still, I just I just love and I love how how uh, Figaro and Cleo are with them the whole movie, like <laughs> you know how they're they travel with them. When he's, yeah. you know, in the whale's mouth and stuff, as we'll get to. But yeah, anyway. he's very dedicated to his, his pets. I know. <laughs> it really <laughs> works for me. I even love it. The, even into the whale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, this is when the fairy says to be brave, truthful, and unselfish. And then... Uh, then he sends him off to school, and I'm thinking, Geppetto, he's probably not ready that for that yet. <laughs> I know, and after ready. everything goes south too. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and Honest John and Gideon come, and they promise him the easy way: fame, applause, right. the theater. Because <laughs> I mean, they're here. They are. They're two con men, right? And they're gonna, they're gonna try to put a pull a fast one on Stromboli. Who they who they've tricked in the past, too. But uh, but yeah, trying to sell Pinocchio on 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 being an actor. I I wonder too if it, a lot of this. I mean, it's sure derogatory towards acting as a profession. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so, an actor's life for me. If they had <laughs> if they had issues with you know some of this, or if they're making fun of it, I don't know. But, yeah, but it's just so random. I would love to know, and I couldn't find it anywhere, why they decided to make them anthropomorphic. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't so make any story. sense. There's, there's no other, aside from, the, I guess, the donkeys, but they they become full donkeys. They're not anthropomorphic. Yeah. And so 
There's no other anthropomorphic characters but Honest John and Gideon yeah. in this story. I don't understand so that. They- and I wonder if I wonder if some of that's possibly in the source material. You know, oh, maybe. Uh, so we'll have to, you know, maybe one of your 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 wonderful uh, followers could enlighten us on that. Yeah, let us know. I, yeah no, I, I'm with you. I just, I, I don't know. But I, I got to tell so you, that this, the, um, I'm always impressed, you know, particularly watching Pinocchio as an adult. Uh, the, um, I mean, every shot in this movie is gorgeous. But I think they use some really interesting, quote unquote, camera angles. In this in this high diddly d sequence, you know, in actor's life for me, because some of it is shot from overhead. Uh, so you know, they just use all these really interesting perspectives, and I just, I mean, they, they didn't have to do it that way, but they did, and I think it just makes it all the more artistic and, and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they say here, and this is on the Wikipedia that says that. Uh, that this is a story purposely constructed by Disney to appeal to both boys and girls said that it's a simple morality tale, cautionary and schematic ideal for moral instruction, save for some darker moments. So that, and that it's a favorite appearance of young children, which makes sense. Cause, cause as if you're a parent, you really don't want them to, to have sort of deep philosophic, debates and questions about right and wrong you want your child to be safe yeah so you have to say no don't do that don't don't participate don't put your hand on the stuff the stove it'll hurt you Mm -hmm. don't do that you know that that's very and then it says they get older that you have sort of the more uh in-depth conversations but when they're little you need them to just be obedient for their own safety yeah and so that's kind of the 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 same idea of of Pinocchio, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, think I agree. The kind of comes from that sort of basic idea of following him from one uh, one problem after another, following him, and uh, it comes from that simple sort of simple ideas going on. And so then you have, uh, yeah, hi, diddly d, an actor's life for me. Uh, and then uh, Jiminy whistles that he, he whistles to stop Honest John and Gideon. And that's when you get Gideon hitting himself with the mallet. <laughs> yeah. Which I liked. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, and so then uh, Jiminy tries to convince Pinocchio to go to school. And that's when he ends up with it's with Stromboli and the uh this we get i've got no strings yeah which is that, a very that, iconic it's sequence. so iconic and uh that whole sequence is so masterfully animated i think too they just really bring that to life in such an amazing way mm-hmm. uh, yeah and of course pinocchio becomes an, like an instant hit with the with the uh theater goers right yeah, <laughs> you're going to stromboli's show did you find it shocking when stromboli tells pinocchio to shut up well um yeah i mean yes and no uh you know because that part always of course you know you go from something that's just incredibly adorable the yeah. although stromboli you always wonder about him just because he's, you can tell this i mean this man's got a temper right mm-hmm. 
and that he's a real slave kind of, you know, slave driver or whatever, however you, you know, the best way to refer to that as, but he, uh, so I find it shock. Yeah. So it is shocking, but also, but also just like, well, it's his character, you know, this is just, yeah. Uh, but it how just, do you take it? I, well, just for 1940, I feel like the phrase shut up is kind of yeah. shocking in a, in a uh, Disney in film a, in from a that era. Fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. strong language. I feel like. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, like we weren't allowed growing oh, up to say, shut was, up. yeah, we couldn't say that word either. That was just, yeah. No way. Not allowed. And, and so maybe that's can... why it worked. Cause it's just like, yeah. here's the, the, for me, like here, here's, Here's the bad guy, and he's saying bad words. Mm-hmm. And you he's know. putting Pinocchio in a cage, and uh, Geppetto goes out searching in the rain. Oh, and isn't that heartbreaking that mm-hmm. Geppetto is literally right there as the as the, as the cart, you know, goes goes right by him. Like Geppetto, I, he's there. Stop him! Yeah. Stop him. <laughs> and I do think if they're doing a live action remake, I. You, Tom Hanks is the perfect person. Tom Hanks, will, Tom Hanks will be great, yeah. you know, no question about it. And but you know, again, it's like one of those. Uh, please, <laughs> why are we why are we remaking this movie? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And so then uh, Pinocchio uh, is Jiminy finds Pinocchio and he starts lying, and so that's when his nose keeps growing, <laughs> yeah. and growing. Again, another iconic. Thing is Pinocchio's you know nose grows with every lie mm-hmm. yeah and the blue fairy says a lie keeps growing and growing until it's as clear as the nose on your face yeah another one of those morality tale moments uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and says a boy who won't be good may just as well be made of wood yeah <laughs> I always and, love to at the very end when when Pinocchio is telling his last lie, how his nose grows so long that it, it like grows or sprouts leaves and and and, yeah. and, a, and a bird nest bird's nest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> and so then we get the uh, the let's see here, what's next. Um, then Honest John meets with the coachman, Ooh. and that's how Which he ends up. one of the scariest. Yeah. I mean, it's all scary, but... I mean, this movie has three villains, and what's interesting about all of the villains is that none of them have any kind of repercussions for what they are doing. Right. And I think that's because they're just sort of presented as evil. And you have the uh, the innocent interacting with what is he going to pick, good or evil? Yeah. And so there's no sense of redemption, which uh, we'll see. I doubt they'll keep that in the new one uh, because you always have to have redemption for for evil characters these days. Yeah. But yeah, the coachman is very bad. The coachman's <laughs> just misunderstood, Rachel. No, that's what it's going to be, right? <laughs> it's going to uh, be like... <laughs> He had a sad no. childhood, so he's going to be uh, or something. He's like, oh, please. He's the coachman. So, he's, just, he's just bad. <laughs> and so the Pleasure Island is this place where basically the kids can do whatever they want. They can destroy whatever they want. And it's kind of funny because a lot of the stuff you're like, the kids really wanted, like, are they really dying to smoke and drink and stuff like that? Yeah. 
It's interesting. It's, and just, yeah, and just, just like this debauchery, right? I mean, they're just mm-hmm. destroying, they're just trashing the place. Uh, yeah. And Lampwick is there, and he's terrifying to me. I always thought he was scary. <laughs> yeah. Lampwick, uh, I, 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 for some reason, I kind of found him sympathetic. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, clearly he's like, Thinks he's all that, right? He's a real hot shot. Yeah. But, but uh, oh dear, he has a bad fate. Yeah, and Jiminy hates Lamp Lampwick. Yeah, because he's Lampwick's leading Pinocchio yeah. down a really bad path. He says, "Go on, laugh," and <laughs> it's in there. He says, "Make a jackass out of yourself," uh-huh. and uh, that obviously had wasn't as much of a swear word as it is now right back then but literally it's about donkeys so it kind of fits the joke and and especially when when pinocchio sees lampwick as a donkey yeah it's like well this this was a little bit of a precursor to what yeah (laughs) it's about to happen here right and uh the uh yeah when i i mean i can't think of a more scary scene in any family film then when the 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 children are being turned into donkeys and and especially when the coachman holds the one up and it starts talking and he throws it to the other side so you have all the ones that are talking yeah in the corner in huddled fear <laughs> yeah as they're as they're still kind of working yeah to becoming full on <laughs> full on. it's it, it is and you know when lampwick uh goes through his transformation that always in fact just thinking about just talking about it just sends shutters up and down my spine you know it's just it's it's done it's it's crafted so well and it's so it's so scary yeah yeah it's really scary and so pinocchio gets his gets ears and a tail and yeah it's not like the blue fairy changes the the rest of the boys back or anything they all all get their fate you know again um they all get sent off to the salt mines to become you know become laborers and that again morality tale like this is what you get when you (laughs) you know yeah smoke drink destroy property (laughs) you know says you don't want to work yeah he says you boys have had your fun now you'll pay for it yeah Yeah, that's right. Like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be good. I promise I'll be good. <laughs> yeah, and so Scaring then, us all into submission. Yeah, and so then they dive into the ocean, and then they, uh, they are, I guess they swim, they get home, and Geppetto is gone, and there's a message that he is in the monster, he's in Monstro. And uh, so Pinocchio goes to rescue Geppetto, and uh, I think Monstro is a villain too, Rachel. Do you feel, do you see oh, yeah, it that way too? Sure. Yeah, there's definitely three villains. Yeah, and uh, and I I think the the whole scene where Pinocchio is walking underwater, looking for Geppetto, uh, I just love that animation. I think it's so beautiful, as you were I think saying. It's remarkable, and in fact, that's one where I you know. If I had my time machine that I could like go back, I'd want to like go into the studios, the Disney Animation Studios, and sh- have them show me how they created that because yeah. it's 
so gorgeous and how they were able to get kind of that um, focus or, 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 or just, just the way that, you know, you, how you, you feel like you're underwater. Yeah. And all you the know? bubbles. Yeah. I mean, the, all the endless bubbles that they're drawing and, and, uh, and the way that, and they're just the way that water moves. They, 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 they capture that in that animation. is really amazing. Yeah. It's definitely one of the best parts of the film. Oh, it's remarkable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as Geppetto is getting hopeless, he says, I'm afraid we're done for. And then Jiminy and Pinocchio come and they decide to make him sneeze. And uh, they build a fire in, in Monstro. And uh, just that animation, is, as we said, is just wonderful. And that is yeah. such an exciting sequence, too. I mean, that's one where there's so much action in it. And again, terrifying because Monstro is, you know, don't mess with Monstro. He's yeah. the one ticked off. <laughs> and it's also cute that it's Pinocchio's idea to make him sneeze. Yeah. And, I think it's, it's very clever. Yeah. Mm. And Geppetto is, of course, shocked by, by Pinocchio's, Pinocchio's appearance. Theory ears and tail and uh, so then the blue fairy uh well so geppetto thinks that pinocchio has died because he's found well and again another really disturbing moment because the camera really holds on to that scene of pinocchio lying face down in the water and you're like yeah he's dead I mean, it's a little bit confusing of how he can walk underwater for all that time, but yeah, he's he's he drowns. Yeah, like, he drowns or monster knocked him out or whatever. Yeah, like what exactly is the uh, the the how sentient is Pinocchio? Yeah, you know? that's good he die? I don't know, but at this point, at least, and but yeah, it is definitely upsetting. He's face down in the water. Yeah. And Geppetto is very upset. He thinks he's died. And the blue fairy comes, turns Pinocchio into a real boy. And then Jiminy gets his official conscience badge. And that's when we get uh, the uh, the rest of When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah. That uh, when you wish, when your heart is in your dreams, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star, your dreams will come true. And so Pinocchio has proven himself brave, truthful, and unselfish as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, very heroic there at the end. Yeah. And Geppetto won't be alone anymore. And so his wish is granted, which is very sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think it's a very bold film. It's definitely one that keeps improving every kind of every time I watch it, I think I like it more and more. And it was just such a risk to do and to make. And I think, let me check one thing. Sorry, real quick. Uh, Where did you have it in your ranking? Well, so, you know, I have it actually at mid-level. I have it at 22. Uh, And one of the reasons it's so low, this is hard for me because I think... And I think many also, you know, other people in the animation community would view this as one of the finest animated films ever made. And I would agree. I think as far as just like the artistic 
uh, merits of this film are incredibly high and it would be like in the top five, you know? Um, yeah. But as far as a movie that I just enjoy, which is really how I ultimately made my ranking. Sure. It's a lot lower <laughs> because it's still, I mean, I, I appreciate it so much more and I admire it, this film very much. But it's not one that I just, you know, uh, that yeah. I would just kind of like put on just to really enjoy it still. Even though, as you said, for me, it does get better with each each viewing. And uh, Yeah. Well, my last ranking, I had it at 20. Oh, so okay. So we're kind of, yeah. Yeah. And that was in 2017. So. Okay. Uh, so very good. All right. Well, let's figure out what we're going to talk about next. All right. All right. Oh, and then we have, actually, first I'll read... Oh, did you get some? uh... We got lots of Twitter comments. Oh, good. So let me read those. Okay, so Largy, she says, I was scared of Pinocchio for years, but when I revisited it for the first time in decades at the 2015 TCM Fest, I enjoyed it, though it still disturbs. Jiminy Cricket, Figaro the Cat, and When You Wish Upon a Star are magic. Matthew D. Klein, he says, Wow, Pinocchio was a great film to immediately follow Snow White. It has excellent characters, fun songs, a great story, and it's great that When You Wish Upon a Star has become an iconic song in the world of Disney. Uh, Not Your Normal Guy, he says, Pinocchio is one of my favorites. The multi-plane use on the zoom into the city is my favorite, and the movie is just beautiful. Not to mention, Pinocchio is a very relatable, rebellious child. Uh, Film critic William Bibiani he says Monstro scared the crap out of me as a child. <laughs> and as an adult. We're not alone on a lot of this. <laughs> and as an adult. And uh, uh, Susan S. Weasley says, I've always liked it. The movie takes the time to show the consequences of lying, even when its victims are caught. Geppetto puts up with a lot, so Pinocchio is going to learn one way or another. Uh, Oscar Salas says it pushed technology more than any other Disney film in, in his uh, context. Also in Latin America has the best dubbing ever also translated songs and his music was ripped by iconic Latin shows, Latin American shows. It's a great transculturalization tale. I thought that was interesting. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, there's so many comments. I can't read them all. We have Justin watches movies says my favorite Disney movie. And, uh, and, uh, uh, JFD eight says never saw it until middle age with my kids. And even now the shadow scene keeps me awake. So there we go. There's some comments. So we appreciate that, but let's see what we're going to talk about next. Yes. Um, the random number generator. That's right. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, it's come to that. Finally come to that. <laughs> uh, oh, that's what we're going to do for all right. <laughs> Happy New Year. Let's bring in. A... <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to talk about. It's an it interesting will. movie. It's not my favorite, but it's interesting. Yeah, and I know I a lot of people love it. So I know. I do try. I know a lot of people that really love this movie. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll be excited to talk to you about it. all right well that's what we're going to talk about next month so look forward to that and let us know your thoughts of pinocchio we would love to hear in the comment section or on twitter 
You can find us at Disney Talking on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts there. And Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And if you are listening to the podcast on iTunes, we sure appreciate your ratings and reviews. That helps us so much. We also have our merch store, which has a lot of fun stuff. And so check that out. And thanks again. And we'll talk to you all next month. Bye, everybody. Bye.